0: Dear Fall Line listeners, Two and a half years ago, Laura, that's me, your host, and Mora, she's the Fall Line's producer, started a second show called One Strange Thing. This podcast was inspired by all the odd, wonderful, and sometimes unexplainable news stories that we found when we were researching serious cases for this show. These were stories of regular people who'd experienced the fantastic and the strange, and most had been lost to the news cycle. If you're looking for something a little fantastic, a little funny, and a little wondrous, we think you might enjoy one strange thing, and it's safe for family listening, too. Today, we're going to share a clip with you from one of our favorite episodes, called The Choir. It's about a small town in Nebraska that some might consider lucky, and others, well, they might prefer the term miraculous. After you listen, you can head over to One Strange Thing and subscribe. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Strangers, today we've got a question for you. Do you believe in luck? Or rather, do you think that some people are naturally lucky or unlucky? Is there a roll of the dice that falls in their favor or is it all down to chance? There are certainly some strange coincidences that have come to our attention via the media. Some are small and some are, well, life-changing or death-defying. Are some among us destined to live charmed lives? Predestined, perhaps? Is there a brief moment of some intervention, divine or otherwise, that takes hold, guiding the lives of mere mortals? Or... Maybe some people are just really good at scratching lotto tickets. That seemed to be the case with a Texas resident named Joan Ginther. She won $21 million in the scratch-off games, which, as we imagine you're thinking, is pretty impressive. But certainly not the highest jackpot ever scored. But here's the thing. According to Mental Floss, Joan Ginther didn't win the Texas lottery once. She turned in four separate winning tickets, one draw and three scratch-offs, between 1993 and 2010 to collect four separate multi-million dollar prizes. The Associated Press reported that the odds of that kind of winning streak were calculated by, quote, mathematicians as slim as one in 18 septillion. Sounds pretty unbelievable, right? Well, considering that Joan Ginther earned a doctorate in mathematics from Stanford, maybe not. But, according to the Charleston Gazette, no one could ever get a straight answer out of Joan. Did she figure out a mathematical approach, some sort of algorithm, that allowed her to choose her tickets? She always bought them from the same little store in town, Was there someone who worked there who was in on it? Texas lottery officials didn't seem to think so. So, maybe it was just down to, well, luck. And there are some people who seem to live even more charmed lives than Gene Ginther. Of course, charmed may be relative when you consider some of what Australian Bill Morgan had to go through first. CNN wrote that Bill, a truck driver, was in an awful accident in 1999. His rig was crushed. The CE Financial News reported that the medicine used to treat Bill at the hospital after his accident actually caused an allergic reaction. And because of that, he suffered what looked like at first to be a fatal heart attack. Okay, not very uplifting and lucky so far, but... Stay with us. Though Bill was, quote, clinically dead for somewhere around 12 minutes, staff were able to bring him back. But as they warned Bill's loved ones, there was a serious possibility that his brain had suffered irreparable damage due to the lack of oxygen. Bill was in a coma for almost two weeks. The financial news wrote that Bill's family was told to consider ending life support. But then, you guessed it, Bill came too and he was completely undamaged from the effects of the 12 minutes of oxygen deprivation. But we don't think you could call Bill unchanged because according to the financial news, something had shifted in Bill that day, namely his worldview. Within a year, he'd proposed to his girlfriend, switched careers, and picked up a new habit. Scratch off games. And it didn't take long for that gamble... Sorry. ...to pay off. According to CNN, he won a prize worth $25,000. Once word got out that a man who'd risen from the dead had gone and won the lottery, well a local news crew asked him to reenact the event for their cameras. Per the financial news, Bill obliged, and then won another $250,000. And while we're speaking of lucky, there's the famous story of President Theodore Roosevelt. He could certainly be counted as fortunate for narrowly escaping an assassination attempt. You may have heard about this one in school if you had a cool teacher, but according to history.com, it goes something like this. Teddy was set to give a speech on the campaign trail, and he had a folded up script, all 50 pages, in his breast pocket. So, when a would-be assassin shot him in the heart, just as he got ready to speak, the bullet was slowed down enough by the paper to assure his survival. As you might imagine, It made quite the impression when he pulled out the papers, which sported fresh bullet holes. The bullet had entered his chest, but it had been slowed down enough to create only a shallow wound. So, as you might imagine, it made quite the impression on the crowd when Teddy pulled out the papers, which sported fresh bullet holes. He announced to the crowd, It takes more than that to kill a bull moose. Fortunately, I had my manuscript. So you see I was going to make a long speech, and there is a bullet. This is where the bullet went through, and it probably saved me from it going into my heart. The bullet is in me now, so I cannot make a very long speech. But I will try my best. All of these stories are certainly displays of good luck, or fortune maybe, if you prefer, but they're individual. Limited. What would you call luck on a bigger scale? Maybe strangers, the right word in that case is miracle. Now, it's a lofty word and often met with suspicion. And that's fair. There have been plenty of swindlers and fakers out there who have passed off elaborate scams as the real deal. It's led quite fairly to the birth of many skeptics who believe that there's always an explanation if only you look hard enough. But in the case of this week's story, well friends, you might find yourself searching extra hard for it this time around. On March 1st, 1950, at just about 7.25 PM, an explosion shook the streets of Beatrice, Nebraska. In one moment, the quiet street was transformed. Debris flew, bricks crashed, and the steeple of the local church came tumbling down across the town's main street. In fact, according to the Fremont Tribune, quote, The toppling steeple sheared power and telephone lines, one of them connecting the studio of the radio station KWBE with its transmitter. The station was off the air for nearly two hours. It was a breathtaking and horrifying scene something meant for the movies and not real life according to the Fairbury daily news two beatrice residents were outside at the time of the explosion mrs troy tremond and lyle austin who were returning from a short trip said we saw a great flash which we thought at first was lightning we didn't realize at the moment just what had happened they said the building had been completely leveled in fact the source of the blast was the local house of worship, the Westside Baptist Church. The local newspaper, the Beatrice Times, wrote that the blast, quote, blew it apart like an orange crate, completely demolishing the frame edifice as it blew the sidewalls outward, dropped the roof down, and catapulted the steeple nearly across Court Street. Residents across town heard the boom Some had even feared that their own furnaces had exploded. Those closer to the east side ran outdoors to see glass shattered in the shops across the street from the church. From what used to be the church. The Beatrice Times reported that firemen and gas services on the scene were immediately searching for the source of the explosion. They soon found that the gas line was turned off at the meter, though... It was a possibility that some gas leak or break could have occurred at the street level. The church itself had a coal-burning furnace and a gas stove. At least the furnace would have been burning as the church's reverend had been there at 6.30, just like always, to stoke the furnace in preparation for choir practice set to begin at 7.20. Did you catch that? Choir practice. There were 15 people who were slated to be in the Westside Baptist Church every week at 7.25, singing praise. At the precise time the building exploded. Most everyone in town would have known who was expected, but the Reverend, Walter Klimpel, would obviously have the most precise count. And he would actually be able to give those names to authorities, including his own, and his wife, and his daughter's. Because, for the first time in anyone's memory, the good Reverend had been running late to choir practice. The Lincoln Times reported that Reverend Walter had been inexplicably slowed down by his young daughter. His wife, known as, you guessed it, Mrs. Reverend Walter, noticed that at the very last moment, their child's dress was dirty. As you might imagine, that would not do for a church event, so she set out to quickly iron a fresh outfit for the child. That put them a few minutes behind schedule and saved their lives. Now, you'd certainly mark Reverend Walter Kimple and his family among the lucky that we've discussed so far in this episode. There's no arguing that. And if you happen to be religious or spiritual or perhaps just of an open-minded bent you might consider the possibility of divine intervention. After all, who's more likely to receive that kind of grace than a man of God? But considering that 12 other members of the choir were also slated to be at the Westside Baptist Church that evening, well, you might feel a little less sure of grace being handed out in equal measure. Or you might except for one strange thing. For the first and only time in anyone's memory, the entire attending party, from the choir director to the pianist to every last singer was late that evening. And because they were behind schedule, the West Side Baptist Church was completely uninhabited when it exploded. Does it